Hello, and welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. And, you know, I mean, we do love Cam, but uh, he he's out for this one, too. It is, you know, the first Thursday into the new year. We are in 2022. Hopefully, it's going to be a brand new year of its own, and it will be a 2022 and not a 2020 T-O-O. Um, that joke will get tired at some point. Oh, I'm you know? tired of it already. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, come on. But so, this episode... It actually came from a phrase that I heard David say the other day um, on the phone with a client, and I've heard him say it so many different times, and it kind of drove me to research the phrase and then realize how much this one phrase really can come across so many different financial things. And the phrase that David uses is, don't be penny wise and dollar stupid. Okay, and we're not talking about Pennywise the Clown, um, but I'm going to really break down what that phrase is because it's actually, the correct phrase is British, and it's uh, Pennywise and Pound Foolish, mm. so they don't say stupid. I mean, it sounds it sounds better. Pound Foolish. Pennywise and Pound Foolish, yes. of course, yes. That's far more, far more polite, isn't it? Than stupid, <laughs> yes. But okay, so we're not talking about Stephen King's Pennywise, um, which was it for those who've seen the recent movie, mm-hmm. which then drove me down this whole rabbit hole of, ooh, we can add like a whole Pennywise the clown aspect to this episode. Do not go down that rabbit hole, y'all. It is terrifying <laughs> because there's so many like multi-universe of what the clown actually is and like an evil god and it was, it was scary. Why can't it just be a scary clown? I mean, it's bad enough when it's just a scary clown that lives in the gutter. Yeah. Well, and so fun fact, when um, forever ago, I guess 83 episodes ago, or probably before that, when we were trying to decide what we we're going to call the podcast, um, and this is back when it was Wes and I going to do it, mm. one of the names thrown around was Pennywise. And all I could say is, no, that's the dang clown. <laughs> I don't want to be on a podcast about a clown. And I, I felt like everyone else would see that, but maybe not. Maybe everyone doesn't have PTSD when they hear the word Pennywise and think it's a clown. I, certainly prior to the more recent It movies coming out, uh, it probably wouldn't have occurred to me. It, 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 he reached a new level of popularity after the, the newest... With Bill uh, Skarsgård? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, I I'm a big Stephen King reader, but it is one of the one of the few Stephen King books. Well, not one of the few. I've I've probably read about half his books, I guess, because he man that guy churns out some books. Yeah. But uh, but of all of the Stephen King books I've read, I have not read it. Um, so I, you know, I have you was, seen the Tim Curry it though? I I didn't even watch the original Tim Curry it. I yeah. I have only seen the more recent uh, version of it. But it's pretty terrifying. Well, I mean, you know. Some of some of the some of the Stephen King movies are are pretty scary, and then some of them are just laughable. <laughs> Same with the books. Well, so you know, with it, we're trying to get back. We're doing a list, and so we've got a list of Stephen King movies. And I started this making this list out of like Stephen King movies that were actually super traumatic as a child. If you watch these, that now like everyone remembers, like, oh yeah, that was a scary movie, or in court's instance, laughable. But then there's two on this list that I'm just like, how could this same man who has made these stories about all these terrifying things make these two incredible movies? So 
let's just go ahead and get into the list. Okay, before we get into the list, let's give our let's give our listeners some some normalcy, some regularity. Okay. Let's try and get back to the get back to the way we actually do things, which is first and foremost, let's ring that opening bell. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> There's the opening bell. Okay, Katie. So the list today is what? Stephen King movies. Just they the, have just become... Stephen King movies. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's 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 go to the list then. What is what is the number one on the list? Okay. Well, and this is not in any particular order, but number one is obviously it and uh, the series from that because there's. It and it chapter two, and there's the Tim Curry one and the Bill Skarsgård one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the next one is actually one of my favorite movies uh, and one of my favorite books, The Shining, uh, and follow that up with Doctor Sleep, the uh, the sequel to great. The Shining. Um, I also read that book, um, and as is very frequently the case, the movies are different than the books, but but I like them both in their own right. Obviously, obviously, The Shining that was a directorial art piece. I mean, yeah. you know, very very different than the book. Oh, yeah. So. Here's Johnny. I mean, that movie is in... That Shining movie is implemented in a lot of other horror movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So it shows just how great that was. And I was, I was, I was absolutely... I was selling it hard to my daughter who loves horror movies. And I was like, this is one of the only movies that's ever really scared me, legitimately scared me. And so we watched it and she was like, nah, that wasn't scary. <laughs> Just didn't phase her. It's like, oh, you had to watch it during that time when you didn't have all of this wonderful CGI and technology. But mm. okay, another one I personally haven't seen, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it was Pet Cemetery. Gage under the bed. Gage under the bed. It's uh that oh. scene. Ooh, man, he has a scalpel. He's hiding under the bed. It's terrible. It was, ooh, that's freaky, Oof. freaky movie. Mm. Uh. Okay, number four is Carrie. Uh, this, of course, is considered by many to be a, a, a an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite Stephen King movie. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's just because the, the the aesthetics of the film are very much 70s, kind of, you it know. Is. Well, and, and they've and, remade it several times over, but it's kind of the bottom line of, like, be careful who you're bullying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I also just hate the mom. I mean, the mom just infuriates me. In, in, well, in yeah. every incarnation of the movie and the book, the mom just absolutely infuriates me. Yeah, so. she's not a nice person. No. Okay, uh, number five on this list, Christine. Okay, sorry. I, I, I know I'm going to do this every single time, but <laughs> this is one where it's really it really is true. The book is so much better than the movie. But the movie is also very, very awesome. So I did, I did love it. I think Christine was the first Stephen King movie I ever saw. Oh, wow. It was either Christine or Cujo. I can't remember which. Okay. Uh, The next one is Salem's Lot. Have you seen it? I have not. I've watched it, but I don't really remember a whole lot about it. So it wasn't memorable. Well, it's it's Stephen King doing vampires. So, you know, it's got that... I need to see it then. I love vampires. Yeah, it's got that interesting twist because Stephen King... You know, you've got, there are a couple of books where you can say, oh, Stephen King doing vampires, Stephen King doing science fiction, Stephen King, you know, he's got, he's got like a one-off on, on stuff like that. Well, that's his Salem's Lot. Okay. Sleepwalkers. I have not ever seen this. I have no idea. Okay. Children of the Corn. Ah, yes. We, uh, in my family, we have a family joke about Children of the Corn. We, we used to have some neighbors who had... Several little children that all looked like those those oh blonde-headed, blue-eyed children of the corn, oh, creepy kids. It was kind of weird, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, number nine, Creep Show. Yes, 
Like, it's, it's a classic. Okay. It's a, yeah. Okay. So then the last two on this list, because yes, it's more than 10. We go to 10 and 11. These are the two movies that I absolutely love and was shocked that Stephen King was a part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's The Green Mile. Uh-huh. Which is oh, amazing. Absolutely incredible movie. Yeah. If you watch it, get a box of tissues, though, because it is tearjerker. And then the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Incredible movie. Yeah. Uh, Shawshank Redemption was based on a Stephen King short story in, um, I don't remember which one of his his compilation books. It was either Different Seasons or one of the other books where where he basically, he compiles a bunch of his short stories or novellas. Uh, And excellent. In the book, it was called something, Shawshank Redemption, So Long Rita Hayworth or something like that. It It was a little bit different. And then, of course... You know, the Green Mile is just such a great story. Uh, yeah, it's it, it is a great story. But you, I'll throw you in a bonus. Another one of those movies okay. that you go, really? That was Stephen King. Stand by Me. Oh yeah, that is a classic movie, an excellent movie, and was also based on a Stephen King novella. So okay, cool. So we like Stephen King. He's uh, got a lot of great stuff. Let's go back to what we're actually talking about, and this is being Pennywise and not Pound Foolish. Yes, Pennywise and Pound Foolish. Yes. Okay, so the origin of this phrase dates back to 1621. Robert Burton, in his work, The Anatomy of Melancholy, published in 1621, he was a scholar at Oxford University in the field of mathematics, and um, he actually wrote this book to help with his chronic depression. This phrase has been around for hundreds of years, so obviously it means that it's still something that we're using today. Obviously, it's been adapted over here, and we don't really say pound foolish as much. We say dollar stupid or whatever word you want to put in there. Um, but this is something that its meaning has broadened to mean anything that sacrifices long-term gains for short-term gains. And so it really what it's breaking down to, ex- being extremely careful about small amounts of money and not careful enough about large amounts of money, focusing too much on the small details and not the big picture, especially done so when you're trying to penny pinch and, you know, being penny wise, save small amounts of money now, but that could cost you a lot of money in the future. And so we've got some examples of, because you're listening because it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get that, you know, penny pinch or whatever. But there's some examples that we're going to bring up that you're going to be like, oh, okay. Because there's a ton of people across the board that are guilty of this. Mm. And, and we all are at times. So in modern day, someone might say, penny wise and pound foolish is if they scrimp and save on small purchases like groceries or gasoline, but then they buy an expensive car or house and that is way out of their price range. So yes, obviously, in a good way of this, if you know you've got a large purchase, then yes, penny pinching and saving in places you can is smart. But the point of this statement was buying something way out of their price range. I, I will throw in a, a little personal <laughs> uh, bon mot, if you will, about me, about me and my family, or more specifically about me and my wife. And I don't really have a pound foolish side of the example, but the penny wise part is my, my wife and I have a totally different approach to bread and to purchasing bread. <laughs> okay. She does not like to spend the extra 
59 to 99 cents on the name brand loaves of bread. She would rather just get the generic. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I like the I like the good bread. I want the good bread. And it's costing us a, a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she but she she and I will we will forever be apart on bread and how much so you, you should spend on bread. You can tell who's been to the grocery store about what bread's in the house. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um so this example is actually one we talked about before on uh, one of the gas episodes. Someone who would drive across town to save five cents a gallon on gasoline, you know, but just recently has purchased a BMW that they cannot afford, so they're pity-wise and pound-foolish. Well, not only that, but uh, they purchased a a BMW that requires premium gas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Didn't think about all the details. Can't afford the car, and now you've just cost, you made your gas cost even more. Yeah. And so, is there a wrong way to save money? Yes. If you remember from our episode um, that we did last week, where I kind of harped and said that it's saving money, you've got to make sure you're doing it the correct way, and it's the right timing for you at that moment. And so, you know, maybe there's not a wrong way of if you are actually saving, but there's a wise way to save. And so, any kind of saving is good, but make sure you're doing it in the wise way. Well, we've we've certainly harped on a, an, an overarching theme for our entire entire existence as a podcast has been the idea that you are actually saving for different things, mm-hmm. and you are going to put your money in different places depending on what it's your, what you're saving for. You know, if you're saving up for an emergency fund, you want that in your savings account. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're saving up for retirement, then you want that in something that's going to... Longer term. Yeah, defer taxes. You know, there are penalties if you pull it out, so, you know, you got to be sure that you want to put that money away for a long time, but if it's for your retirement, then there are special vehicles for that, or for your child's education in a 529. So... You, you're not just saving. Mm-hmm. You're, what is it you are saving for? And what is the priority of the things that you're saving for? Because you want to make sure that you save first for the thing that is most important. Absolutely. Um, so this website uh, that I got this off of said, everyone loves saving money, cutting back, and reducing expenses. I don't know who everybody is. <laughs> I don't love, you know, reducing my expenses. I mean, I, I, no, I do. Re- like, reducing expense. That's not fun. No, it's I, I not. I mean, I do it, but it's not, it's I not something like, I, I love. love it. Oh my gosh, I love. <laughs> Everybody loves reducing expenses. No. I love when I have to cut back on my, you know, teas or I, coffees. I think probably what they're going for there is the old, you know, everybody loves a sale. Everybody yes, loves to true. feel like they're saving money. They're, they're, they're getting a bargain. They're going to Costco and they're getting, you know, a big bundle of stuff and <laughs> but, saving. But reducing expenses. Expenses for me, in my mind, that means I'm going through and cutting costs, yeah. and that cannot be fun. Oh yeah, and this goes into the whole psychology of whole of like, oh, well, I can buy in bulk, and I'm saving money here, but it's like, are you really? Because do you really need fifty different toothbrushes that you're not that you're going to end up throwing away before you use them? I don't know. Um, so why you're busy feeling great about reducing your costs? Why are you out there just throwing away toothbrushes, Katie? <laughs> What is what what is I'm not throwing away toothbrushes. What, I don't know that's the first could, thing that came to my mind. Why would you why would you throw away a perfectly good toothbrush? I wouldn't, I would donate it. Okay. Why would you why would you do that? Just keep it. You'll need it eventually. Do you not change out your toothbrush? I have an electric one. You should be changing one. your toothbrush. I have an electric one. Even the head on an electric toothbrush has to be changed out. You should be changing that toothbrush oh, once every six okay. months. Okay, this episode is not about dental hygiene. <laughs> Mm. Okay, so while you're out there busy feeling great about reducing little cost here and there, because you, oh, you, you know, 
saved on your gas at Kroger or went to Sonic at happy hour and, you know, saved on your drink that day, you need to think about uh, not neglecting the larger picture. And so here are some kind of examples of ways that a lot of us are guilty of being penny wise and pound foolish or dollar stupid. So saving money by not going to the doctor for regular checkups because you've got that dreaded $20 copay and you're worried that that's going to add up or taking the bare minimum health insurance plan, that is not necessarily the best thing. You know, really investing in your health, mm-hmm. something you probably need to do. Well, they, they definitely have shifted the focus over the years to wellness visits because it, it prevents a longer term disease, illness mm-hmm. that could be way more costly. And yeah. so, you know, the idea is you spend the money now. Uh, and you, you spend a small amount of money now to save you from having to spend a large amount of money later. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of one of those, and it's a lot of us are guilty of it. If you have that discipline set up of going to the doctor, then yes, you're going to catch things earlier. But also then when something happens, you're not stuck with trying to get in wherever you can get into. You already have that relationship set, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have to pay a lot more money just to try and find a doctor real quick. Yeah, side note, I actually need to find a new primary care physician, so... Okay. I got to get on that. Okay, so here's one that I had never thought of before, but saving money by taking advantage of tens of thousands of dollars in 0% credit card balance transfer offers to gain a few hundred dollars, but being offered a higher mortgage percentage rate because of the temporary decrease in your credit score, costing thousands. Hmm. So it's one of those, here's... Here's where it gets tricky, y'all, because, yeah, take advantage of those 0%, you know, credit card offers that they have. If you've got with financing, you know, same as cash for, you know, 60 months or whatever on, like, fridges or TVs, they offer that stuff. Those are great to take advantage of it, but also, you know, don't do so much of it that you kill your credit score Mm. because you have no credit. And then it's affecting larger purchases with a home or a car. Well, I I guess... Part of part of what this would be is like if you were to consolidate all of your debt mm-hmm. onto one credit card, you know, doing yeah. a balance transfer so that you get that zero percent. You've got a low, you've got a low uh, interest rate, but all of that debt is now on one credit card. So whatever you, you don't have any open credit because remember way back from our credit score episode, one of the things that you want is you want open credit. You yes. want credit that you have not used. So if you're if you're transferring everything to one card, closing a bunch of cards, and keeping one card open that has uh, a, a great uh, a great credit limit, but that's full up, then mm-hmm. that's going to hurt your score. Yeah, and this next one goes straight into that of how many of you, when you're about to purchase something at a store, and they're like, "Oh, well, if you you know go ahead and open up a credit card with our our shop right now." I mean, I got an email the other day about Walgreens offering credit cards now. Mm. And, oh, you get this great discount up front, 15% discount. But if you then, like, rack it up and put all this money on there and then take forever to pay it off, you're getting eaten alive with interest rate just because you saved the 15%. So, really, you know, are you saving? No. Yeah, and I was... um, I. I was the other day. I was booking a hotel at a new a chain that I don't frequent. It was a I think it was a, a Marriott chain, and um, they had an offer where you could get you could get a lower hotel room rate if you were a if you had a membership card. And so I was trying to figure uh, out what a membership card is. Well, mm-hmm. they have a Bonvoy, which is their frequent stay okay. membership. They have a Bonvoy credit card, and of course it gives you. 
uh, frequent user points and so on and so forth. And you can save money on your room rate and all of that. Um, but th- ultimately, as I was looking at it, it was like, oh, but also it has a $450 annual fee. Mm. And it's got, you know, it's got all of these things. And it's not, it's just one more credit card that I really don't need because I've got plenty of credit <laughs> as it is. So why yeah. would I open up another one? That's reading the fine print for sure. But I mean, I swear every time you turn around, somebody's offering you a credit card. And it's, yeah, if you if you don't watch it, you'll end up with... A whole, like, Rolodex full of credit cards. I was going to save uh, $14 a night on a room. It was going to be 120 if I didn't have the membership card. It was going to be 106 if I did. And I was like, well, that's, you know, I could save yeah. some money, get the credit card, and, you know, whatever. And then I realized that that, that $14 a night for four nights was mm-hmm. going to cost me $450 for the membership fee. No, thank you. Yeah, so that's where, you know, thinking about the short-term savings now, but what's the long-term? Yeah. What is it going to be? Okay, so another one on here is, this list is like, Katie yelling at me, (laughs) locating the gas station with the lowest gas prices, but driving 20 minutes out of the way to save 0.05 per gallon, or looking for the lowest gas prices, but buying a vehicle with poor gas mileage. Yeah, you you know what that's like. I just, I mean, (laughs) the other day I, I was on the phone with Court and was like, well, I got 10 miles till empty, I can either come to the office or go to the gas station and... I came to the office. Mm. So I don't talk to me about that stuff. Okay. This is a big one that I'm crazy about is taxes. I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I trust a professional. I trust an accountant. And I think that that is money well spent. And yes, you can save by maybe doing it yourself and not spending as much. But then if it turns around and the IRS comes after you because you screwed it up, then are you really saving Wouldn't you rather go back and be like, crud, I should have spent that money. And it's kind of the same with, I know we've talked about before, money well spent that, yes, Court, you may be able to fix a pipe in your house, but what if you break it and make it 10 times worse than if you had just paid the plumber to come out and fix it? Yeah, but that's also... That, that, that gets into a whole lot of psychological things about... <laughs> it, it is a whole lot of psychological things, and it's it's it kind of just is an overarching of think about, you know, money well spent, and sometimes it's cheaper to spend the money up front than it is to spend less money and... Well, this next one is one that I haven't thought about in a long time. <laughs> Yeah. This is this is this list must be from this back in the the Napster age or something. Yeah, downloading music illegally to save fifteen dollars per CD—that's an old one. And then getting sued for one hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, yeah. you know, I still have PTSD. I was a freshman in college and got called to the oh, what is it the student like standards board or something like within my first month of school. And it was because I had had some songs on my computer from home that somebody had like given me or whatever. And they were from LimeWire, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the Napster, all of that stuff. And I, because I didn't have the software on my computer, but I had that song that had a tracking to LimeWire because I was on university internet. They were able to flag it. It's so like, I got in trouble for a Britney Spears song. That's crazy. It so, was. For I mean, so many reasons, that's I, crazy. I got a slap on the wrist. They were just like, hey, remove it. But it was in the prime heyday of like not having illegal stuff. And yeah. But I mean, it was it was traumatic. It was bad. <laughs> Sorry, side note. Okay. Um, 
part this is we don't have this really issue as much in Memphis area, but um, parking and just running in without feeding the meter a quarter, but returning to find a parking ticket attached to your windshield. Yes, I mean that's that happens. I mean it's places, it's getting sure. easier. A lot of it is I don't have a quarter. I can't find a quarter. Oh, I'm just going to run in, but. Yeah. You know, it's getting easier nowadays. A lot more of those meters are taking credit cards and stuff. Yeah. Or like even, you know, Apple Pay and so forth. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, that could equate to like if you park downtown or park in one of those parking garages that is on an honor system, you have to go to their little kiosk and put it in. Then, yeah. I mean, if you choose not to do it, you're gambling and you could get a boot put on your car. Mm. So that's, you know, going to add up. This next one again, I'm kind of like, what? What is this? What is this talking about? But Okay. Go ahead. All right. Spending hours completing online surveys or writing pay per posts for a few bucks each when you could be better spending your time learning a new skill. (laughs) I mean, my goodness, how preachy are we? (laughs) I didn't write this list. Okay. I didn't do this. Okay. And uh, the last one on this list was haggling for lower prices at a garage sale, but buying a new car to put in your own garage. I mean, there's some people that enjoy the thrill of haggling, so I'm not going to tell you not to haggle. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, that goes back to that whole bargain hunting thing. Yeah. I don't know. Whoever created this list really seems to be down on the idea of people going out and buying a new car. I think that's that's one of the takeaways that I get from this list. Well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I've got it later in here, but I'm going to say this now is... Really, the best example I can come up with this whole penny wise and um, pound foolish, dollar stupid, is that so many people want to quickly get out of debt. They and they don't differentiate the difference of good debt versus bad debt, and they don't think about the cost of their dollar. Mm-hmm. And so, the prime example is definitely student loans and um, car loans, home loans, stuff like that, or even those like those loans that you have that you've got a set zero percent you do not have any interest coming off of you that if you've got it set like let's take that one first so if you have it set i got theater chairs put in my house and just basic little like comfy chairs that can recline and i set it up where i had a year that i could pay them off before i got hit with interest and my husband kept saying like let's just get it done let's just take i'm like no because we have it broken up a certain payment that we can pay for the next year. And then by that time, it'll be paid off and we would not have paid any interest. We just pretty much have it set up where we're not having to take all of our cash and have it into that. And so it was one of those that I couldn't say if like, if I had paid the chairs off six months into it, Mm -hmm. what if something had happened and I needed that money? I can't take the chair and go like cash it in for whatever I needed the money for. No, you could at the garage sale I mean, that yeah. you were haggling at earlier. But then I wouldn't have the chairs. And then yeah. I would have. So that's kind of that example. But student loans and houses and cars, people want to quickly pay them off and get done with them. And I guess that's the psychological and the satisfaction of getting rid of it. But the penny wise part of it is like, okay, let's put all our money. Let's finish. Let's get this debt done. But if you have a low interest rate and you've got it set as these monthly payments and your money could be used other places, then that's being dollar smart. That's really thinking about it of like taking that money and having it work for you or having it be there for you for emergency funds, different things like that. Right. So, I mean, that that is really putting it into perspective of that is that thinking about the long-term financial security and, um, you know, making sure that 
You're using your money wisely. Yeah, um, we we've we've certainly hit this million times before, oh, yeah. but you know, being in debt uh, twenty thousand dollars on a credit card that's charging you nineteen uh, percent APR. That is bad debt. Mm -hmm. But owing $19,000 on a car that you're getting charged 0% interest or 2% interest, uh, and you've got 72 months or 60 months or whatever to, to pay it off, that, yeah. that's, that's not necessarily hurting you. Because you can take, oh, if you have the $20,000, great, invest it for the next five years, and you're going to get a much higher return Better than return, the 2% interest you're paying on your debt. So Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so here are some um, mistakes for the Pennywise and Pound Foolish. And uh, I know we've talked about this one before. Don't buy a cheap mattress or office chair. Mm. You you're spend a lot of... You pretty much spend, I would say, 90% of your life, depending on what job you have, either at your mattress or in your office chair. I, I mean, and then your car is your next place. But so, like... You live in these places. You're there for a long time. It's easy to just buy something cheap, but you spend so much time there. And so, okay, great. You've got a cool deal. You know, you save money on these, but what does a good deal mean? A bad back. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I can confirm. Yeah. Yep. And it's, so another one is don't buy cheap, unhealthy food to save money. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> that again, that's, that's, that's like... What is what if we're going to get into the whole debate about healthy food and you should be buying vegetables, but people don't buy vegetables because it's actually eat. cheaper to buy Twinkies? Well, people buy Twinkies for two different reasons. Maybe it they is like cheaper Twinkies. than vegetables, but also <laughs> they just like Twinkies better. Yes, no, 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 we're not going in the health food debate right now with this. This is just a comment of, and this is kind of touching on a lot of other different things, but you you buy cheaper food because. You know, it's cheap and you're going to get it. But then, yes, it could then evolve to you have an unhealthy lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. But also, I do think it's kind of crazy how, like, you'll go to a McDonald's or something and the chicken items are always more expensive than the beef. Mm. So, it's it's society makes us that way. We're, we're going to just move past that. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's int <laughs> I, I, let me just, you, you, you're going to have me go off on a rant here in a uh -oh. moment. But, you know, chicken used to be the cheaper food. It used to be the food that was eaten by people that, have that couldn't afford. Chicken. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't afford the beef. So, why are they all of a sudden making me pay a premium for my chicken? I can't eat beef. I have to eat chicken. I don't know. You should get a card that you get a discount because you can't have the other option. Yeah. Yeah, we should work definitely. on that. I need like a, a gold card a where gold I can card. just take it in, and and they go, yeah, here's your free chicken. <laughs> okay, so in this one, we're just gonna say it, not really dive too much into it, but um, a mistake is don't not invest in stocks to avoid market crashes. So all I'm gonna say about that is something that uh, frequently is said around here. It is guaranteed that at any day the stock market will go up it will go down or it will stay the same yes <laughs> that is a guarantee that sounds like a fishism <laughs> um yes uh so basically that that's listen that speaks a lot to um behavioral mm -hmm. behavioral finance and so forth and, and and you know don't let fear of the market keep you from maximizing the potential of the market if you if you invest properly you can you can make investments that will return to you and and be good for you and you said properly because that's the thing is mm -hmm. is again it's 
Everyone is unique. Not everyone needs to be in, you know, cryptocurrency or mutual funds or stocks. It's everybody's got to find what's right for them. But yes, it's one of those, don't let the, you know, the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Yeah. As we record this, ladies and gentlemen, the jackpot on one of the big lotteries is... Uh, has just hit $500 million. And so the drawing, the next drawing for it, somebody could potentially win up to $500 million jackpot. There's a difference between playing the lottery and investing. Mm-hmm. One is strictly up to chance, and another one can be done wisely and properly for you and for your risk tolerance, which is definitely some lingo. But and for based on your ability to deal with the ups and downs of the market, we can find investments for you that match your preferences. I mean, if you stay out of the market, then yes, you know, you might save some money in the short term in case, you know, it goes down or whatever happens, but you could miss out on a life-changing compound gains in the long term. You don't know. And so that's just one of those. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's, I kind of just wanted people to think about this phrase about being penny wise and pound foolish and it's looking at the bigger picture it's not being stuck into the small little bitty savings but on the flip side yes the small savings can add up so we're not saying don't take advantage of the small savings it's just really look at the whole thing I I know I know we've had this conversation on the podcast before but some of the wealthiest people I know drive the most sensible car Mm -hmm. and live in a a very nice and a well-appointed house, but it's not, you know, it's not just the splashiest, biggest mansion on the block, you know? So a lot of times people do a combination of saving, uh, saving money in the small amounts being penny wise, but also making sure that long-term they're, they're looking out for their best interests long-term too. Um, So, you know, we're not saying don't be penny wise. We're saying, there is a balance, people. Yeah. Because it's, it's you know, we've got uh, a friend, I've got a friend of mine who she keeps kind of slapping a Band-Aid on her car. And it's because she's worried about the large payment that could be coming up for having to purchase a new car and trying to make sure that she's financially ready for that. And it's kind of one of those of, you know, heck, we had to do that with David Pickler. He kept trying to drive this car until the wheels are about to fall off and he was spending so much money a week trying to keep this car rolling and it was like having to put i mean he's out there in his three-piece suit trying to put oil in this car and it's just ridiculous and we're like you're spending so much money the repair shop loved him because he kept coming in mm. but then we're like just get a new car he had an emotional attachment he wanted to hit some ungodly like three hundred thousand miles on this car mm-hmm. But it's just, think about it, the money you were spending versus if you mm, bite that bullet and take that large expense now, will it ultimately save you in the long run? I don't know. I can't, you know, you've, you've hit upon one of the few things that I'm really <laughs> bad about. I I will squeeze every little mile out of a car if I can. I just, I hate, I hate that monthly payment really drives me crazy. But that's just me. Yeah. Okay, so... Being pound wise in life is one of the best approaches you can have. It constantly sets you up for a better future so that you're always reaping the rewards of previous decisions. It will it will result in more painful investments now, but any regret will melt away once you realize the superiority of your decisions as you enjoy it. 
This is opposed to Pennywise approach, which tries to set up a better future by making unwise sacrifices now that backfire. The best way to know the difference between the two is projection, which we don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, mm-hmm. try to figure out what it could be. Yeah. You know, it's it, this is something, the reason why we brought this up and kind of brought this up at the first of the year is because you're, most all of us are faced with this decision and this is impacting all of us. On a daily basis, there's something that you're going to have that really kind of, you have to make a decision. And this is something that you really need to be thinking about and the net benefit or figuring out what's going to be best for you and your family. When buying a cheap mattress or chair, you know, what's going to happen with that? If you don't choose to go to the doctor on a regular basis, what are the implications of that? Just because you saved the copay amount. And, you know, it's just, it's thinking about, the money and the use of it and allocating it the best way. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like we've come to a good closing place. Uh, even though once again, Katie, you've managed to really wrap it up with a bullseye before we actually hit the bullseye section. I know, I'm, I'm going to really give bad. you a chance to, to try and sum it up a little bit more narrowly. Like give us that one point takeaway that you would have people take away from this podcast today. If you could one thing, what's the most important one? What is your bullseye? You know I'm a wordy person. I can't just sum it up into one word. I know. I'm still teaching you. <laughs> Pennywise, pound foolish. Just really think about that when you're making these decisions and especially when you're faced with something that's just whatever comes up in your life and it's related to finances, really think about that phrase and figure out what's going to be best. Bullseye. Oh, bullseye. Okay. Well, mine is mine is pretty much the same. So I'm just going to say ditto. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, we we it, it's a simple it's a simple topic that we covered this week. Don't don't make sacrifices now that are incrementally speaking they they're, they're not making a, a dent in yeah. your in, in, in your life at all versus what you're giving up in the long term that could potentially save you. Uh, tons of money down the line or you know have your wealth grow that much more down the line just you know be always looking forward don't always be looking for the deals and trying to penny pinch everything but you know there are times that it is appropriate to penny pinch bullseye oh ladies and gentlemen there's the closing bell You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard, this is the first of the year. Feel free to go back and listen to the ones from previous years. Um, You can also check us out on our website. That is bullcastpodcast.com. You can find out more about me and Katie, or you can communicate with us, leave us a message, suggest a topic idea if you want. We've, We've heard about a couple of topics that people want to hear about, and we plan on hitting those this year. So uh, be on the lookout for more of our listener requests. Woohoo! Um, you can also check us out on Twitter. We do have a handle. It's at Bullcast Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally, Katie and I both work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you'd like to find out more about our company and what we do, find out more about me and Katie, about our amazing team, and our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to our website. That's picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been told. You have been learned. You shall go forth now and be merry. Happy New Year. 
for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. We miss we, you, Cam. We miss you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.